Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Empire. You thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the urban sports scene. Listening to the urban sports scene with Wole and Ray. The homie Will T is under weather, so he's not in the building. But we are also part of Amplifier Media at AmplifierMedia.com. What's going on, Ray? Will T really made it a game time decision. Like, literally. <laughs> the first time in history I've seen that happen of this podcast. Somebody showed up, but just couldn't, couldn't, couldn't make it through warm ups. <laughs> <laughs> but he was dedicated, though. Like, we got to give credit where credit is due. He, he, he was tried. Dedicated, he man. tried. He really wanted to make it happen, man. So I think that's pretty dope, man. It's hilarious. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's not hilarious, hilarious. that he's sick. Wish, I know what you mean. Wish, wish you feel better. Of course, I just, I just wished him that. But at the same time, the fact that he showed up and tried it was a valiant yeah, effort. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. We, valiant. He, we gotta give him his flowers for that. You know what I mean? So props to Will T for trying to be on this show. But hey, I mentioned Empire Media. Empire Media hosts multiple DMV sports podcast shows, such as the John Kime Report. Hosted by ESPN Washington Commanders insider John Kime and Jones Football, hosted by USA Today insider Mike Jones. You can subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe red button. Also, like a bunch of our videos. We got a lot of popping videos. So we got one coming up that's going to be dope. Yeah. Um, so make sure you, you tune in. Big time stuff. You can also catch the Urban Sports Scene on Podcast DC, the local app with hundreds of options in news and health in the DMV region. Go and download the Podcast DC app to hear all the Empire shows as well as other great content. And don't forget to tweet us at Urban Sports Scene. Hit us up on IG at Urban Sports Scene and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Uh, where am I though? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Check out. <laughs> I was reading my phone. Check out uh, our weekly NFL picks on the Football Garbage Time website. Just go to www.footballgarbagetime.com. It's part of the Urban Sports Scene Football Garbage Time Challenge. Also, join our Urban Sports Scene Facebook group. Uh, search Urban Sports Scene Sports Bloggers, Sports Podcasters, and Sports Debates. Wilty's not in the building, so I'll say it. Let's get into our tradition. Pre-game, here's what we have on tap. We'll talk about the Washington Commanders losing to the Philadelphia Eagles 24-8 and their upcoming game against their rivals, the Dallas Cowboys. And finally, in our segment, HBCU Corner, we have a pre-tape interview with North Carolina A&T State's men's basketball coach, Philip Schumper. Uh, but first, last Sunday, the Washington Commanders were dominated, <laughs> dominated by the Philadelphia Eagles 24-8. Ray, what were your thoughts on Washington's performance? Man, I feel like we've talked about this at nauseam already because we've just been so active. I watched the post-game. Shout out to you guys. Uh, George Templeton, of course, he's just one of our biggest supporters and yeah. so and just a friend of the show yeah, man, and uh, and the B&G Report. Check him out as well. They came through. And what I haven't had a chance to say, and I want to get your thoughts, is 
did not just the Washington fans, but did the Washington commanders underestimate Philly's defense? Last week, you and I talked, and you said, you think Philly's defense is real? You know, go back and check it out. I was like, yeah, I actually do think they're better. They improved this shit. And you're like, I don't really think so. Uh, <laughs> you're making a face now. People can't see you. But I feel as though that was one of the issues, and they came in just like Detroit with a game plan. Washington yeah. did not game plan as well, sleeping on their defense, so to speak. And they got punched in the mouth early, and Scott Turner did not adjust quick enough yet again. That was the issue. Now, you can you can get punched in the mouth. That happens. Yeah. But it's how you adjust. Yeah. I think the Eagles, again, with that just a four-man rush, came in and sh- and sort of not shocked but surprised. Gary said the two words together, surprised. <laughs> they they surprised the, the, <laughs> the Washington commanders. And like I said, Scott Turner and the offense. And then the, the protection just was tough. The offensive line had a difficult day. And, and, they're, and they're not – the healthiest, but people think, of course, they need to make some moves. Yeah, shout out to George. <laughs> he's right. He's on. He's on the chat. He says he says getting this show before the hurricane gets here. Like George, is a, he's a soldier, man. <laughs> he's a soldier. He just shows the support. All right, we appreciate you, George, man. But uh, in terms of defense, they're not horrible. I mean, like the, like the Eagles' defense is, is solid. It's a good defense. It's, it, it's not to me. Watch's offense is terrible. Like so, you're gonna make it's well. The play calling is terrible, bro. Like. <laughs> It's just you heard me. I feel like I don't want to be too redundant. You weren't on the show. You weren't on the pre on the. Um, I watched. You watched, but no. What I'm oh. saying is that your views can now be be heard. Oh, you know what okay, I mean? okay. Like so, I've been. I, I, I'm going to sound real redundant. It's just that my thoughts on the game is they weren't prepared. Let me just give you an overall synopsis of it. They weren't prepared in this game, and it, it's something that um, Derek um, Forrest said mm-hmm. in the Detroit game. He said it seemed like Detroit knew whatever they were going to do defensively, and to, and they didn't adjust to it. And it seems like the same thing with the Eagles. Obviously, people can scheme up for this team offensively. Because like we've mentioned just before the season started, and even you saw it in the Jacksonville game, and you saw it in, even in the Detroit Lions game, that this team does have weapons. Like, they have offensive weapons. We go, I'm going to start to stay on the offensive side of football. They do have offensive weapons. And there's no to me, there is no excuse if you are a good play caller you know what I mean? Forget that. If you're a good play caller, I'm not even use the term genius. If you're a good play caller, you're not getting shut down in the first half. In terms, and when I mean by shut out and shut down in the first half, I mean when you look like literally like you should be playing. You're you're playing. You're the high school team playing against a college football team. Like that's how bad your offense looked. And to me, they have too many weapons for that to happen. Like to not be able to not to, to not to not be able to get first downs. Mm-hmm. That is atrocious to me. In two straight weeks. That tells me a lot. That tells me, and, and even in, and I'm watching that game. I mentioned it before, and we tweeted about it during the game. Gibson in the first half was averaging about five point five point eight yards a carry in the first half when the game was competitive. Even in the mix when the game was competitive, you decided to throw the, you throw the football. You threw the football like three straight times after Gibson had like an eleven yard run. Mm-hmm. Play calling, you know what I mean? Like you didn't go what worked. You you, you were being stubborn. So that's that's my thing, bro. It's just like. Well, how I look at this game is it's all about being prepared. Putting your team, putting your team, putting your players in the best situation to be competitive. Forget winning the football game, but just to be competitive. And I still feel I feel like for two weeks, this coaching staff has not gotten this team prepared. Okay, so right before the game, you saw Fletcher Cox go up and dap. He dapped up well, Carson. Carson Wentz. Yeah. Is there any chance that Fletcher Cox, in a way, just like anybody who has their opponent outmatched. It's just like a lot of times, who's a good example, where folks are friends, but you know you're about to give your, your friend a business. When you, when you have an overwhelming advantage, I'm trying to think of an example in sports 
when you got guys who are cool with each other. It's just like Carmelo and Kobe were cool, but Kobe knew Carmelo's teams couldn't beat him. Yeah, gotcha. That type of thing. Uh-huh. I feel like Fletcher Cox knew going in, this is the game plan. Guys, trust me. I know this dude. This is my man, but we, we got him. Vince Carter said that about Brendan Haywood. He was like, we could be Washington because they don't have no big man. And he's like, wait a minute. My the man Brendan's there. But he's, time, like, but he's like, I like my chances, though. Players I'm just saying. All, bro, bro, I, I mean, I know what you're trying to do. But players do it all the time. I know what you're saying, though. You don't think it's a chance. Fletcher Cox knew. We no, about no, to get no, no, this no, dude no. business. No, 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 Definitely is a possibility. I'm not taking that away from you. I'm just saying that players do that all the time. Like, in today's football, like, Ohio State players do that all the time when they see each other. Like, they do that. They dap them. They dap their homies up. You know what I'm saying? In the back, I'm sure in the back of their mind, they're like, yeah, we're about to give you the business, obviously. <laughs> like, I'm not saying that that's not in, in play, but I'm saying, like, that aspect, I feel like he dapped him up because that's his boy. And if you hear Carson Wentz talk about him after the game, he was talking, he mentioned Fletcher Cox. Like, of course he these did. These are dudes, or he should. He mentioned him. Yeah. Kel- I'm sure Kelsey. <laughs> as so, much they were in his yeah, face. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm sure Kelsey, like, he loved Kelsey. Like, that's his boy. But I'm sure Kelsey dapped him up. And Kelsey probably said, yo, we about to get you out of business. It is mine. And that's his boy. I so guess I wouldn't the, look at you're it. just saying it's competitive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, there normal. are times where I compete against somebody and I know they're near my level in something. Yeah. But there are times where I know this is my man, but it's no way. Right. It's a better example to be is like if you're not super tight <laughs> with somebody. Like for instance, if you watch the you watch the uh the Lakers the, on HBO, okay. um the magic like the, the what's, yeah. what's it called? Showtime, Showtime right? Yeah. Showtime, right? I think so. I think I don't think Showtime, I think nah, it's something else. I don't know. It don't matter. I, I watch whatever. So Dr. J in in like Dr. J daps up magic, like before, like before the, like before the game, like he gives him this, you know, give him all love because Magic idolizes him, and folks are looking at him like, yo, he trying to get you. He know he about to bust your ass. He trying to get you. So he <laughs> takes, so he busts. I think it's a regular season game, and he busts Magic, Magic's ass. And then Magic after the game doesn't want to. He, he now he, he's he's up. He, he's he's on it now. He know that he's trying to soften him up. Oh, it's winning time. I winning time. He knows he's trying to soften him up. So he tried to soften match up so he can take away that competitive nature. You know what I'm saying? Like, to me, I feel like yeah, that's more of a better example because it's not like y'all super tight, but you know you about to bust this dude's ass. So I'm like, so I think this situation, I think they just boys. But at the end of the day, like I know what you're saying, they're the competitors. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. I just feel like, again, Carson Wentz, we know who he is and we know what his reputation is. Now, I want to ask you this because you tweeted about the ringer again. I feel like it was a subliminal shot, even though I'm not on Twitter. It was, it subliminal? Kind of, so, at me, a little bit. It wasn't. No, it was about the ringer. No, it wasn't, though. Of it's course. about the ringer. No, no, I know. But I'm saying, <laughs> it, it wasn't about me. But yeah. let me ask you this. Was that strictly a Carson Wentz is compared to Trubisky tweet? Or was it a Carson Wentz, this is our guy, I'm touting our no, it's quarterback? Trubisky. Okay, okay. Directly to Trubisky. Right. Okay, okay. Because it was a Be- joke. The Trubisky thing is a joke. Uh, okay, okay. I was making sure. <laughs> no, no, no. The only reason I'm asking is because I feel as though, seriously, yeah. and I, I'm included. I said this last week. You should still have hope yeah. if you're a Commanders fan because your offense can score now. Yeah. But then they come out and they lay an egg in the first half. And then the second half, even as Philly seemed like they let up a they bit. They let up. Still, you didn't finish drives and you didn't get in the end zone until late in the game. So that tells me that Carson Wentz still has some work to do to overcome his past and overcome some of the mental aspects. We, we, we discussed this on a different pod. Shout out to yeah. The homie Big Doug, yeah. there's mental stuff going on on this team across the board. Across Carson the board, Wentz, he's one. He, you saw he, the Eagles put so much pressure. He started throwing the ball erratically. Yeah. And then on the flip side, you got the guys like Kendall Fuller who continue to struggle, and we believe that part of it is mental because we like Kendall. He's a yeah. speedster, and he's historically been pretty good, played at the highest level. I keep saying that yeah. because experience does matter, but he's struggling right now. Um, big time, bro. And it's interesting how this coach – who we always talk about, he's not very demonstrative. He, he's he's low-key. How can you rally these guys with the coaching staff that you have? 
I don't know, man. That's what I'm trying to figure out, man. I'm, I don't get it. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm going to read this. I'm going to read this. A comment from Eric. Okay. Eric said, Commanders have issues, the thing with San Francisco, the San, the San Francisco 49ers and Garoppolo. Commanders won't go anywhere with an emotionally fragile quarterback. Worried about who else uh, might come in. Um, I wouldn't. I mean, I don't. I'm not sure about like. I mean, I know the Garoppolo thing came out. Man, Garoppolo, look at his last game. I, uh, these quarterbacks are bad. There's a bad quarterback playing in the NFL. That's one thing I, I will say. There's a lot of bad quarterback playing in the NFL. Um, but to your point about like, can you have faith in what's going on? I don't have any faith. I won't even lie to you, bro. Like to me, you all have no faith into the. I don't know how you have faith in like the coaches at this point in time because it is what it is. You talking about, for instance, Kendall Fuller. And we were on a different show, and it was I thought it was a great point that, you know, Doug and Swaggy, you know, what they were talking about in terms of losing confidence for Kendall Fuller. Like, I didn't think about that, like, never thought about that. I just thought his abs was getting bust. I just thought it was what it is. But, like, comparing it, yeah, for real, like, but comparing it to, like, Carson, like, losing, like, in that game, you could tell he was shook. Like, he was shook. You, everyone saw it. He was shook. But then go into Kendall Fuller and like, oh man, like this is a, it's a snowball effect. Whoa, it's me. This is happening. Like everything that's thrown at me is getting caught. Like now it's mental. Now it has to get to a point where coaching has to come to a play. Like how do you kind of take care of that? Because you know a player is in his own head, right? So how do you take care of that? Do you put him in situations where he has to go against a Devontae Smith and an A.J. Brown? Do you like make it easy for him? Do you put him back in a place where he had success, a lot of success in nickel? Like – from now on, not to say in that game, that game is over. Like right. you know what I'm saying? Like going to the next game. How do you now adjust? How do you how do you adjust and say, you know what? How do we hide you? Do we somebody had a good point too? I'll, t- I'll give I'll give you the flowers too with this. They said that how about moving to Bobby McCain used to play slot. He used to move Bobby McCain to slot. He's versatile. He's versatile. Yeah. Put Kendall Fuller at safety, let him play safety, and then have, you know, William Jackson and Say juice on the outside. Sounds like a great idea. I thought idea that was a good theory. idea. Well, I was it like, sounds like it. Third, I was like, now, are, are, the, are the coaches going to listen to that? I highly doubt it. Not stubborn. That's Man, what I said. I'm trying to tell you. That's what I said. I, I, see, I don't like, the reason why I don't like Coach Rivera's energy is because maybe it's, maybe it's in part because of the media. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we're part of the media to a degree. To a degree. We're part of the new media. We're not, the, the we're media. not, we're yeah, not mainstream we're not, media. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. But at the same time. What I'm speaking of specifically, specifically is television. Yeah. Because four-game winning streak, they're showing Coach Rivera in the locker room every week, and he has these rah-rah speeches. Oh, God. But then when they take L's, he's standing there with his arms crossed. And I just never understand why he doesn't have some consistency. And, well, he's consistently bad in terms of decision-making, I think. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to say that. I just feel like when it comes to, okay, are, are you going to adjust? We were talking about that. Chances are, you know, they're not going to make any changes. Yeah. Just like personnel wise, are you going to add a linebacker? Oh, well, we like the guys we have. We're confident. Are you going to make? Are you going to? Are you going to change special teams personnel? Are you going to put somebody back there who can return kicks? Nope, Dax is our guy. Type of thing. Uh, Joy Sly, what do you think? Only oh, miss one kick. He's very consistent in terms of I made this decision and I'm sticking yeah. to it. However, other than that, I just feel like in terms of just motivate motivating his team, mm-hmm. he struggled. And how do you help a guy like Kendall Fuller without making an adjustment? Mm-hmm. A demotion will that motivate him, so to speak? It's not a demotion, though. It's, yeah. it's just it's just a, it's just moving him to a position where he can be more successful. Yeah. And explaining to him, dude, let's look at what happened. Dude, did you, did you, everybody, everybody watched the Eagles game. Did you not see the Eagles game? Like, what was happening? He was getting mauled. So, like, who, who was Wild Goose, by the way? 
the dude. They just signed this dude. <laughs> like they signed him when when folks got hurt, like during tour at the end of the end of the camp. Like they signed him. See, that's why you need Bruh, depth. Like, that's why what, you need depth. This is what my this is what my issue is. And then we even, got, even my man William Bradley King interview him. He played over fifty snaps yeah. off the practice squad. Yeah, I mean he, he's played with this team before. That's why I'm not mad. But you're right. I'm not mad. He you play. He's played with this team enough. It's like, true. This dude didn't even barely bar- okay. play in pre. He didn't play in preseason with these dudes. <laughs> yeah, like I know. so. What is it? What is this? Like this is, <laughs> so. He's very fairly new to the system, and he's starting. Like this is what bothers me about this team. And I said this. And I said this. I've said this in the past. I'm gonna say it again. You were cool with your nickel situation when you had Jimmy Moreland. You were cool with your nickel situation. It wasn't. This, it was. It was decent. Mm-hmm. It was good. It was good. Jimmy Moreland ranked high in nickels in terms of nickel corners in the NFL. You decided, I don't know what it was, but you started to cut him the following year, and you've been having this issue ever since. You know what I'm saying? And, and Jimmy knows your offense. Jimmy's, and I've heard this argument. Well, no, Jimmy's out there. No one wants him. Well, you know what? Jimmy plays good in your system. He's played good in your system. Get somebody in your dumbass system so they can play football in your system. That's something else that he's been consistent about, Coach Rivera. He yeah. goes and gets Carolina guys constantly, but never the guys <laughs> who are going to make an impact. <laughs> um, I'm thinking about my man T. Living. Shout out to him on Twitter. He shows up every once in a while. I know, he's back. Now he's but, back. But he hasn't been, he hasn't been talking about a, a name we I want. know. He's actually been cool. He hasn't mentioned it. He hasn't been bad. But what, what, what stands out to me is this. Going along with what we're talking about. Yeah. He said, listen, I'm from B-more. I know Kendall Oh, yeah, he said family. that. Yeah, he said that. <laughs> <laughs> That's on that joint, too. <laughs> and I said, when family friends start to say, you know what? Right. It might be over. I was like. It might be over. And on top of that swag, he's like, that's my man, but. <laughs> but when you, that's like, my man, you know what it is when you say, that's my man, but. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what it ain't right, and, bro. And that's difficult. Know, it's, it's, like, it's, like me, it's like you and I. Like yeah. we, We've been playing basketball together for. Over two decades. Yeah, you know I'm not the same guy. But you won't tell me that because it's hard to tell me that. Like, he's just trying to get his rhythm. And I'm like, oh, I appreciate him being nice, but I'm man enough to know that I'm not the same dude. And, no, it's, and that's okay. I'm always going to give you, you, give you faith. I'm always going to give you flowers. That's how I am, dog. I'm always going to do that, Listen, if, if, if I can self-identify the fact that I'm not the same dude I was in 2007 and eight, then that's fine. And, and I shouldn't be. Oh, however, however, Kendall Fuller plays football every day. He's been in the system, so something's wrong. And when your friends, when your ex-teammates start to say, that's my dude, but it might be time to, to take a step back. When they throw that butt. Then you, right. Problem, it's bro. probably time to move on. <laughs> the problem is I don't know if the coaching staff is in a position where they can basically bench him. That, that, and he's not the only issue. I don't think, but, you, should, I don't think you should bench him. Right. I, you, I just you, think you think should move him. Okay. But I don't know if – but what if what if he is done based on what we're saying? Dude, you're 27. I'm sorry, 27, young. 28. Dog. In football years, that might be. No, you gotta get 30. 30s when for cornerback, that's still good. Like a running back. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. Like, I don't just, think he's hit him. He's, he's, he hasn't even had a major injury for me to even say that. I'm just saying like he shouldn't be done. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> no, no, no. You're right. You're right. I know what you're saying. You're right? totally right. But if you if, if you dog, if you had to tell if if you put if I watched him on tape, if I watched him, if I watched the, like watching the game, and you say erase Wikipedia. So I wouldn't know his age. <laughs> I would think this dude like 35, the way he's playing football. Again, <laughs> everybody's different. Now, yeah. I know you just mentioned running back, and that's true. Yeah. But it's the NFL in general. It can yeah. do that to you. It can, though. Thompson right. was the number one draft pick for how many years in fantasy right. football, and right. then all of a sudden, it he was over. Yeah, you're right. And again, he's a running back. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you never know what's going on with Kendall Fuller physically. 
he's not going to say because he wants to be on the field. This dude is literally just 27 years old. I had to go back. I had to double check. <laughs> yeah, he's young. This dude is really 27. He, he's young. He's crazy, dude. He's young, and it's it's inexplicable as to why he sort of fell, fell off yeah. because he was really good at one point. Yes, he was. And, Nick, especially and, and again, I, I'm a Kendall Fuller fan. I want to stress that. Yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to pick on him, but yeah. he's just one example. And it just says to me, from I guess a, a cultural standpoint, from the larger standpoint, that yeah. Coach Rivera has his hands full, and I don't think I think he's overwhelmed. I think he's in over his head. He asked for all the power because he had confidence and belief that he could lead this franchise, kind of like he did Carolina, a team that Carolina's had some success, but they've yeah. had their down years as well, yeah. and he did pretty good. Yeah, he, he, don't have he, Cam, he don't have Sean, McD- uh, Sean McDermott. And, true, true. And Cam Cam Newton. True. So it's different. Absolutely. So, yeah, so it's different. He's in, and, oh, he and, and, and you know what? He showed that too. Yeah. He said, it's harder than I thought to change the culture of this franchise. I'm not going to lie. Then he said, I almost hope we, I mean, I almost wish we didn't make the playoffs. He, Coach Rivera needs some help. Yeah, just, and it, I think it's nothing wrong with just putting your pride aside and saying, you know what? What I'm doing isn't working. The guys, maybe even the guys I brought in aren't working. Scott Turner was a probably not the best decision. I, I, I think ne- he's going to be in the future. Uh, uh, excellent offensive coordinator because he, he has that potential. But I made a mistake because in today's NFL, I shouldn't be shut out in two halves, back-to-back weeks. I don't, <laughs> even, I don't even know about potential. Bro. I don't even know anymore. Like, I gave dude flowers. I'm, I am giving you, you the glass half full yeah, approach from a Coach Rivera mindset. You've been coaching. Like, your your other like, coach, bro. your strength coaches, nah. they got the DEA up in there. He's got a whole lot Sean going McVay, on. Sean, He's Sean got a whole Sean lot McVay, going is, on. Sean McVay has been like – Sean Vey was off the jump. I guess he off the jump. He was in the system like he was a quarterback coach. He was on it, just like Scott Turner was. And this dude is legit. <laughs> like all these other dudes, they've been legit. I'm just saying that. See, this dude, you can say that this year because he has everything he year, needs. He has every what tool. Right, right. What, did I, what was I hearing on social media? Like, give this dude a different quarterback. Give him a what? He's what got I a see? quarterback with an arm. Yeah, give somebody other than the he Kirk. also. But you know what? I, I, it's Carson Wentz. I know he has an arm, but still. Nah, but this is what it is. You the pocket to, presence and right, everybody like a lot of quarterbacks that we like don't have pocket presence. Okay, I'll be real. Like, I, I Brady's, agree a, that. Brady's a Brady's a Brady's Jalen like Hurts. Brady has great po- po- yeah. <laughs> he's just like <laughs> he can just run. That's that, exactly. not the greatest dude. He nah, can run. No, nah, he's mobile. You're right. No, I'm agreeing. You know what I'm saying? Like. Like Brady is the, like is the most, most most unmobile great pocket presence I've seen in my life. Like for real, they's, but it's not dudes. Payton like, Payton Manning, Payton Manning too. Like they're yeah. dudes. They're not a lot to have. But Carson's bad. Don't get it twisted. I'm not gonna like he's bad. But I'm saying to everyone's argument. Like I'm going to oh, the yeah. argument. He, he's got the people he needs. Now. Like give him somebody like in the bottom half, like on the top half of the, of the NFL of quarterbacks, and you can see what Carson uh, with uh, Scott Turner could do. That's all I'm saying. Like and now no he, no no you. That's what I'm you saying. know why you're right that's because what I'm if 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 he had, let's say he had Brady. It would be because of Brady. Exactly, it would be because that's of my him. Point. I okay, hate, that's what I'm so if, if you're the guy that, that everybody says you. you are, then you should be making Carson Wentz that dude right now. Bruh. Yes, I agree. Sean McVay made Jared Goff a super, got him to the Super Bowl. Yep. Right. That's yep. all I'm saying. I agree. Everybody trashes Jared Goff. <laughs> I agree. Like, he got him a bag. You know what I'm saying? He did. Scott Tur- um, um, Sean Kyle, McVay. Kyle Shanahan. Jimmy G is talked about being. Kirk Cousins yes, can benefit so from, from, from both those guys. No, but we know we know this anyway. Sean McVay and and um. And Shanahan, they're they're offensive geniuses. Yeah, Scott Turner is. So we're not going to talk about him that way no more. Yeah. But going back to what I was saying, Coach Rivera, he might be second guessing himself, but he's not going to say it publicly. He need to though. All right, I have to quit. So I'm, this next question. So after two bad showings, right? Is it time for the fan base to panic? The, and well, I won't say the coach. I'll say the fan bases. Are you going to read comments? Oh, I'm about to. That's what be, we're doing. We're okay, let, let's go to Cam Mingo first. All right. 
Because that's my guy. I, I, I'm serious. That's my guy. But he's wrong on this one. You think he's wrong on this one? Cam. Cam, I love you, Cam. But I'm going to tell you why I disagree. I'm going to go to Cam. I'm about to see his joint. I'm going to tell you why I disagree. I got a bunch of them. That's why. Oh, we, we can read all the joints. I got him. I got it. Okay. All right, here you go. So, Cam. See, I mess with Cam. No, here you go. He says, no. Why is everyone whining and moaning after two bad games? It's way too early in the season, and everyone is acting like we're 0-6 on the, on the season. So, I'm not ready to hit the panic button yet. Cam, it's not just two bad games. It's not. We're talking about. Go ahead. All right. No, no, we're good. I, I know. Okay. We're talking about last season, the year before that. This is a trend with this coaching staff. Cam, I, I, I love your positivity. When it comes to the Wizards, it, it just it helps me. It's yeah. therapeutic. You're, you're a fan. I love it. Yeah. I love your perspective. But in this you. case, yeah. this is a trend, Cam. It's not just two games. And you can't have in today's football two halves where you score donuts against the Detroit Lions. That's what I'm saying. And, and the Philadelphia Eagles. And, and, and by the way, this same Eagles defense, who did a great job against Kirk Cousins. Yeah. But, but Jerry, 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 Jerry Goff, his offense – Scored how many points? And how many running yards? How many rushing yards did uh, Swift have? So saying, when you man. abandon the run, exactly. when you become pass heavy, and on a day where your offensive line clearly struggling, and and the Eagles are they getting hunting. all the pressure in the world, exactly, then you got to make adjustments, and you don't, and it, and it hasn't just happened in two weeks. That's my my issue, Cam. I get it. You're not. You could totally go on a win streak, and all of this could be behind us. I agree with that, but we should be critical because it. Is a continuous theme. That's all I'm saying. Uh, my man Eric, he's on here. Says, says, he says, uh, so Winston, so Winston was a mistake. People tried to tell y'all. Uh oh. I ain't saying he a mistake. I'm not gonna go that far. Go, I'm not going. That uh, far. Even though I'm not a big Winston fan, like Ray's I, not I, a big I, Winston, but I, I never have been. Yeah. But huh. you know what? I don't know who will be a good fit in this in in this offense. To be honest, that's because what I'm because Matt Ryan I'm definitely you, wasn't the guy. Yeah. And, and he was in the discussion. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna Trubisky, that's what I wanted, but he's not the guy. The only quarterback that would be good in the system, like to your point, Josh Allen. No, oh, Tom Brady. Like <laughs> you gotta have the best quarterback in the world. Stop. Like I'm serious. No, I'm serious. You have to have that guy. You gotta have a. You have to have a guy like you just said that you is, is elite, elite. You gotta have a Justin Herbert, like okay, you, Josh okay. Allen. You're right, Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. Josh Allen. Uh, obviously, uh, Mahomes. All these dudes. Look at. I'm, I'm talking about people you're not gonna get. Like these are the dudes that could change a Scott Turner's offense. I'm keeping it in the buck. Like this is what people gotta understand. Like that is the only type of quarterback that's gonna change this dude's offense. Can Scott Turner turn it around? That's what I want. That is know. the question. Can he turn it around? That's the question. That's the real question. Let me read this other tweet though. Uh, my man um, at Spino F Beats. Saying, that's my dude Jay Diller. He said, um, "I'm already on onto the offseason. College football Ooh, has, has okay. Me. That's what Cam, that's what Cam Mingo's point kicks in. Like, hold no, on, no. bro, don't do it yet. College football has my, my complete attention now. For, and and you know purposes. what's crazy though is, I mean, we were just on on with Big Doug. He's a Georgia fan, yeah. and I remember watching Doug. He he was he used to come on like yeah. either Spaces or something last yeah. last season. Mm-hmm. And he got depressed one Sunday while he's watching. He said, "I watch Georgia football on Saturdays." There's touchdowns. <laughs> there's long plays. And then I watched this. It was like he has his high on Saturday. So I get it. Right, I get right. it. If your college team is representing, like the University of Maryland represented against Michigan last Saturday, uh, that's cool. you should be hyped. They still took an L, though. took an L. I saw y'all folks on social media. L is an L. Yeah, I saw y'all on I'm social sorry. media. I know you're Michigan. I know. Fan. I saw I y'all on social media. I was like, I ain't want to say nothing. I was it's like, good for them. It's good for y'all. I still took an L. So taking this stride. I was mad at Michigan. I was like, it shouldn't even been that close. <laughs> anyway, I, on, on Twitter again, um, excuse me, CNC. 
said so, um, at CNC said so, says, no, wait until week seven and eight. If we're playing like this still, th then it's, I mean, it is what it is. Um, also, trying to say, who else I got? I got my man B. Okay, also, oh, that's another one. Cam, I got Jared, my man uh, Jared on Twitter says, uh, don't know if we should, but we are. All right, yeah, so. But those are the, the stuff on Twitter. I got a couple on Facebook, but I'm not going to read those right now. But, yeah, man, I feel like, yeah, from, from my, my my opinion, the, yeah, the fan base should panic. So, like Ray said, this has been two years going. It's been consistent. This team has been this for two years, dude. Like, you got this. No, sorry, three years. The offense has been stagnant, inconsistent for three right, years. Right, and they always found a, a reason to, why. To why. Dwayne Haskins was, was the first it's reason. Rest in reason. peace. Uh, it was, oh. Taylor Heineke, his arm is um, like. Fitzpatrick went down it, week it, one. Yeah. Taylor now, Heineke doesn't have an arm. Here's where and, and Curtis Samuel looked oh. so real out the gate out the gate that we just knew oh, all no. of us knew this might be a different Alex team. Alex Smith with, with only oh, had yeah, one yeah. leg. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like there's always an excuse. That's all I'm saying. Like when is the when do we acknowledge the common denominator? That's all I'm saying. Like when do we acknowledge it? That's that's my my point on Facebook. Actually, I'm gonna read this Facebook one. Uh, my man Cornelius Galt uh, posted on Facebook says, "Don't panic. Just be realistic." They will finish four and thirteen. Play <laughs> so far. The, oh the man! Uh, couldn't stop the Marlboro. Couldn't stop the Marlboro Mustangs. <laughs> Scott Turner is the worst. Not play the call. Marlboro Mustangs. Scott Turner is the worst hey, play caller ever. Mother. Shout out to my Marlboro Mustangs. Hey, shout bro. out to Cornelius, man. You know what I'm saying? Cornbread. Hey, shout out to him, hey, man. Hey, thanks. My man Rob uh, on on Facebook said, "No, not yet. It's uh, still <laughs> early. It's not how you start. It's how you finish." That is so dope. Well, true. Yeah. But going into Dallas, because we're going to talk about this yes, is a must-win yeah, game. Yeah. Going into Dallas. Go for it, yeah. We're going right into Dallas. Where's the confidence meter, fans? It's, it's, it's pretty low at this point. I don't think it should be high. It shouldn't be. Because you just think But this is where you got to tap into your inner Mark Brunel, your inner Joe Gibbs, your inner Santana Moss, your inner sure. Stephen Davis, them, them, them that dudes, that, yeah, them underdogs that went into Big D and got it done. Even, yeah. even my, what's my man's name from Texas? She's Cole McCoy. Went oh, in. Cole, yeah, Cole McCoy went in with Deshaun Jackson. Sure did. And he got it done. Uh -huh. But you know what else that we didn't talk about? And I know that I've heard many, many say, Oh, this opponent's gonna look good on the schedule. Blah blah blah. You know what? The Eagles are an excellent team right now. I'm not gonna front. De Devontae Smith oh, yeah, looks yeah. like a bigger Deshaun Jackson. So fast. He's fast. He's always and now, he's always oh, of course. Yeah. But I'm just saying, he he looks like such a beast, and he's yeah. got AJ Brown opposite him yeah. now. Like, and they got a, a mobile quarterback. Facts. I mean, I'm just saying, the Eagles are a tough team. Yeah, they are. And 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 that's a that's a tough win. So now you play another tough team, but at the same time, Dallas. I respect what they're doing, but they're beatable. I believe that. So, you have to go in desperate, and I'm going to say, because of that reason, this is a must-win game. Got to have this. You cannot start 0-2 in division with low confidence, but this is a road game, and it's going to be difficult. But can it be done? Of course it can. And, it, and you got to have that mindset. So, today, every game should be a must-win, but this is really a must-win. I think Coach Verres is a must-win game. Like, in terms of his red, it's for him, it's definitely a must-win. He's going to make a change. Because he four. has to. I think it, it's, it, it is what it is. It's going to make a change. Because it's a must-win game for him because he has to prove that he's building something for real. Like, the Cowboys are into, are coming into this game wounded. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, with all the talk about the offseason, like, oh, man, Washington should be, like, the second or third best team in the NFC East. Now you you see that one of the player like their best their starting quarterback one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL and Dak Prescott is out 
you know, is not going to play in this game, shouldn't be playing in this game, put it this way, and you're going against the backup Cooper Rush, who's won two in a row. But still, mm-hmm. though, it's still not – he ain't Dak Prescott. Like, you're going with the lesser quarterback, right? So He's been accurate, though, yeah, shockingly. He's not scoring like that, too. Man. No, that's what I'm saying. It's been, it's, it's been two close games, it's been a team which collect- says that yeah. you can That's what I'm saying. Them. But I'm saying that if you're Ron Rivera, you're talking about you got – you basically still have – like, yeah, you're missing offensive linemen. All right, cool. But you have all – like, your weapons offensively, right? You have all your weapons. You have predominantly most of your defensive players. So, like, my, other than, you know, you, which way you start the season with, Chase will come back eventually. But I'm just saying you have all your – most of your defensive weapons you plan to have. So, like, you should – this game coming to the season, it should be a must win. Because if you looked at the schedule before, you told me there's no going there's not going to be any DAC. You would think, all right, well, I should got a good chance to win this football game. Knowing that the only weapon you have offensively, again, on the outside is C.D. Lamb, who hasn't to this point – as talented as C.D. Lamb is, hasn't proven to be a number one wide receiver when Mari Cooper gone. So they're not as they're not as dynamic as they've been in the past offensively. So if you're telling me, if you're telling me with all the weapons, like with no Dak, this team should be able to beat that. Yeah, I feel like this is a must win for Ron Rivera. Like he shouldn't feel like he should win this game, but he has to win. But if you're telling me, will they win this game? That's a whole that's a totally different argument. Uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying. But I feel like it's a must win for him because you got because there's two levels to it. This is the best chance you're going to beat the Cowboys for real. If everybody gets healthy, the best chance to beat the Cowboys, they're not having Dak. You're already, and then you lost to the Eagles already. You lost a home, a home division game, right? So now you're 0-1 in division, and then you lost a home game, so you already lost that advantage, right? So home game is supposed to be your advantage. This is an advantage for you right now, for real. It's an advantage for you. No Dak is an advantage for you. You got to take advantage of it. Because if you don't take advantage, if you go 0-2 in a division already, then what are you playing for? Like, they're gonna get, these teams are going to get better. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're going to get better. That's my problem. Like, you did to me, for Ron, to prove to the to prove to prove the fan base, to have people, if you want people to come and you want people to feel good about this organization, this team, yeah, this is a must win for me. So, you mentioned CeeDee Lamb, but can Washington defend a tight end? Can, no, they, can they, they have, the tight ends haven't really killed them so far this year. Like, this year. I'm the just wide saying. receiver has. Um, like, uh, yeah. The wide receivers, the wide receivers have been killed. True, true, true. Uh, but I'm just saying, don't don't sleep on that because no, I feel, not, I feel no, like for not, Cooper Rush, that's been his safety net if you yes, if you watch yes, him play. Yes, yes, yes. Number two is what are your blocking schemes going? That's gonna my look that's like? my thing, bro. The that's Giants me. actually game plan last night and they slowed Micah Parsons down. He was down. sick too, though, bro. Well, that's I'm what I'm, saying. Well, I'm just saying they slow. I never said they stopped. Him, oh yeah, 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 yeah. They yeah, yeah. they just no, slow, they slowed him down just a little bit. What are you going to try to do? Because in the last couple weeks, I'm laughing at you all that one. They doing no, they doing no Micah Parsons, dude. They, I, I just think that's well, my thing. I don't think you like, had a chance. If well, you... let me let me let me make, let me make this as simplistic as possible. Okay. All right. The Cowboys have a way better defense than the Philadelphia Eagles. That's the problem, and, it, and, it's, and it's right there. <laughs> that's scary. That's the problem. And look, they, they look know, at their they, track record. And, and some some of them know Carson Wentz. Yes. Look, look, look at <laughs> no no. Look at the D, track. D Law knows Carson Wentz. Look, he might not play, but yeah. he knows Carson. But look Wentz. at the look at the track record though. Look, at, I mean, look at what the Cowboys had to deal with in their their games already this season. Like for real, look what it. They went against Tom Brady. He struggled. They went against uh, who was game two? They played the uh, oh the Bengals. Sorry, the Bengals. Burrow, he struggled. Mm-hmm. They like and now they just beat the uh, the Giants. I'm not saying that Dan Jones could, but I mean, they they've, they've seen the two they've seen two good really good quarterbacks, two of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, and both dudes struggle. You know what I'm saying? Like their defense is legit. Like they're test they're a tested defense. Like you can't out of everybody in the NFC East. If you're telling me. The first three games of the season, who has seen the better? Who has who? Which defense has competed and competed well against some of the better quarterbacks in the NFL already? It's been the Dallas Cowboys. So I'm just saying, like, 
the, the Washington Commanders are seeing the defense right now in the NFC East. This is why I never talk about schedule <laughs> because everybody was so exuberant. We have a good schedule. We can win these games. Bro, now this is looking like a must win because you have been blanked in the first half, back-to-back weeks. Confidence is low on the team and amongst the fan base. Are we going to fill FedEx? Now you can't. The Eagles, again, they took everybody's tickets. If you come out and you start 2-0 and you destroying teams with your brand-new offense, Scott Turner looks like a genius, there's no way people giving up their tickets. I don't believe it at this point. But maybe so because it's been historically a problem. But I'm just going to say this. You have so many issues, and the only way you can fix them is by playing better on the field. you got a game plan. you got to play. You got a game plan hard this week because you want to limit this Dallas defense that you said. You're going to have to learn how to attack it. Dan Quinn is – I, he's just good as a DC. I'm Man, he's sorry. A beast as he's a DC. an excellent, he's an excellent DC. DC. And uh, this is going to be a tough game. However, what you said is important. They're not scoring a whole lot. So if you can keep it close, you give yourself a chance. Because what defense can you can you beat up on? A tired defense. That's true. Well, I'm going to read this up. Got to run the football, though. Yeah, read, uh, I'm going to read George's comment on Facebook. George said, without uh, in terms of, is this game against uh, Cooper Rush and the Cowboys a must win for Rivera? He said, without a doubt, lose, lose, this, lose this, and the season is headed for disaster, and this coaching staff should head for unemployment, for the unemployment line. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he, he should make a change to his staff. Um, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Something may happen after. I think they're they going to lose, and then he's going to have to make a move. I think so, too. I think um, but him taking over the play call, I don't know what that would look like. Oh, Defensively, uh, maybe. Uh, maybe might, that might be better. Uh, also, on, I mean, on Twitter, I'm at, at uh, the easily uh, 62 says, Dan won't fire him in midseason, but it's a must win for Wentz. He looks bad and gets blown out. Um, they then they, then then you have to just give the remaining season to Sam Howell and wait for Young and Robinson to come back and and see what the team looks like moving forward. Mm. I went like I think the Sam Howell thing is a little too early, but you know I like Sam Howell. Not knocking him. I think it's a little too early. You know what I'm saying? Again, but, true rebuild. That's what it looks like. That's what you trying to go for. So what's your prediction, Ray? I think the Cowboys win. Cowboy, the Cowboys historically, well, not historically, forgive me. In the, in the past two weeks, they've won ugly um, because, again, their offense isn't the same. But they do run the ball effective enough. Yeah. Again, they're tight end. Only three catches last night, but he averaged 14 yards per catch. That's big. Again, yeah. that's a safety net. Um, but because of the reason that, I, that you – all the reasons you just mentioned about the offense, I think you can keep it close. Uh-huh. And it's going to be one of those games where if Dallas wins – they're either going to win close or they're going to win huge um, yeah. because they're at home and they're going to be feeling themselves. Yeah. And Carson Wentz is going to be giving Trevon Diggs gifts. So I'm going to I'm not going to go with the ladder. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to give the Commanders defense some love uh-huh. that they're going to that they're going to play their hearts out because they don't want to be one and three. And as a result, it's going to be a close game. But the Cowboys still win ultimately at home, seventeen fourteen. I can't I can't I can never give the Cowboys a W. Therefore, I'm not going to uh, predict the game. I'm not going to not predict this because it, it would hurt me too much to pick the, that team. But I will say this, though, in terms of giving my true uh, in-depth analysis, right? I do think that, you know, to me, I said this before, the Cowboys have a better defense, like a way – like a, their, their defense is probably – this is the best defense Washington has seen. This is a fact. Now, for like in terms of you know, digs or whatever, I think there will be plays – if the Cowboys want to gift Washington and give digs and, and Terry one-on-one, they want to gift them. And give him that on a on a D pass with no safety help. Oh, Terry can get gonna get one. He gonna get one. But that doesn't mean they're gonna win. Like I feel like, but I don't know. I don't know if if um Carson will be upright long enough because Mike is gonna be there. Like to me, Michael Parsons is the problem. Like he's a serious problem. 
and they don't have anybody on that line on that line to block to block Micah Parsons. I think if you if you're gonna be a real objective on this, like really and view it for what it is, and if you watch the Dallas Cowboys play, if you watch this Washington Commanders offensive line, you know that nobody on that line is going to block Micah Parsons. So I don't think you have enough time to do a seven step drop and try to get that ball to Micah Parsons. I don't think you have enough time for it. So I w- I'm very interested to see what Scott Turner does against the Dallas Cowboys. So you're not picking Dallas because you can't, but I can't. you believe Dallas is probably going to win. I'm not saying that either. All right. <laughs> well, we're both picking Dallas. I ain't saying nothing. I'm picking Dallas. You you can pick Washington. That's fine. I ain't saying that. I ain't saying either. Again, you got to channel your inner Mark Brunel. That's all I can I, say. They need to. Uh, or, or inner Colt McCoy. It, 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 it can be done. Yes, it can be. can be done. It can. We'll see. We'll see. Hey, as part of our HBCU Corner segment, we'll play our interview with North Carolina A&T men's basketball coach Philip Shumpert. After the break, you listen to Urban Sports Team. For I just yet it deuces. We the best music. Another one, another one. Another one. DJ Khaled. Khaled. I like the wretchedest women. G6, let's get it. Rich coming down to the city. Oh God. Yo, God. Outside getting litty. Showing me the titties. Woo. Acting like a menace. Woo. Standing on the couch. What? Standing on business. Look. Drinks in your mouth. Drink. Swallow, don't spit it. Swallow. Party all the time. Woo. Feeling like Diddy. Diddy. Sending a little wrist. Ice. Feeling like Billy. Billy. God did, God did. I'm a witness. Woo. I just sent 50 bottles to. Woo. Know the gang getting the vip by the penis. Still in the meeting. Be back in a minute. <laughs> The phone talking chicken. Hey. We the best. We too blessed. We keep winning. We the best. The party won't stop. It won't finish. Let's get it. Let's get it. You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene, and we are part of Amplifier Media at AmplifierMedia.com. And we want to thank you all for tuning in to our show. We appreciate you all. Before we sign off, listen into our HBCU Corner, uh, excuse me, interview with. North Carolina A&T State University men's basketball coach, Philip Shumpert. Hey, you know what? Thank you all for tuning in. You know, we appreciate you. You are the true and real MVPs. All right. Enjoy the interview. You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Empire Media. That's at EmpireMedia.com. It is now time for HBCU Corner. And our guest today has a basketball resume that includes coaching at both the high school hey, and right, college. Hey, right. Can you do that again? Can you do it again? You were skipping. Like, I was know. I? Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Oh, shoot. All right. Try that one more time. All right. Am I clear now? No, you're clear. Do it again. All right. My bad. You, you want to do it? You want to count down again? No, nah, just go ahead. Go right into okay. it. All right. You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Empire Media. That's at EmpireMedia.com. And it is now time for our HBCU Corner segment. And our guest today has a coaching resume at both the high school and the junior college level, in addition to serving as a basketball consultant for the Georgia Hoop Circle. Our guest has a reputation of being a strong recruiter as well as a developer of talent. He's coached the men as well as the ladies, and he's currently the interim coach at North Carolina A&T State University for the men's basketball team. Welcome to the urban sports scene, Coach Philip Shumpert. Welcome, Coach. Thank you, man. I'm glad y'all had, had me uh, come by and speak. It's an honor you. and a privilege. Oh, thank you for being on. It's an honor for us, to be honest with you. You're part mm-hmm. of the movement. You know what I mean? So it's an honor, it's an honor for us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we, we're going to start off. We're going to have a little fun. And, okay. and actually, you know what? Before we do that, I just want to say this. Um, you're currently at North Carolina a and and 
right now, AT is experiencing record growth, record enrollment. Um, just talk about the, the culture at North Carolina AT. As a matter of fact, the chancellor, Harold Martin, he said, quote, truly, there has never been a more exciting time to be an Aggie. So what's your thoughts about that? Just give us, again, insight about the culture there at North Carolina AT. Well, this is going going into my fourth year. Um, I spent, you know, the first three years as assistant. I'm the interim head coach now. And to watch the – when I first got here, I can't – I was at Jackson State originally, uh, another HBCU. I coached there. And I came here, and the Aggie pride is real, man. The students, the alumni, the support – is is amazing and and just to see the growth as we went as we've been this is our third league in three years um just to see the you know overall growth of the athletic department and the record enrollment each year we're hitting record numbers and it's just it's just been a been an amazing ride those last these last three or four years uh for the school you know um and it's going to continue to grow and 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 you know they they um you know, got new projects building and, 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 and um, it's just growing every day. So, I mean, it's, it's exciting times here and, and especially in athletics with us getting, getting an opportunity we was in a MEAC, being got a chance to go to the big South. And now we're in what, you know, ba- basketball wise, 12 best conference in the country. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? As, as the largest HBCU, it's a, you know, it's, it's big time to get an opportunity to be in a conference at that high of a level. I love the swagger. I'm not. I, I'm not going to ask about Jiho right now. I hear enough about it. But you know what? That's ridiculous. I, I, I was. I was. I was at the uh, Aggie Eagle Classic in Charlotte, and mm-hmm. um, it looked like an ANT home game. I tell you, even though Central, same state, but ANT showed up and show out. So I can't hate you all. Are definitely representing. I appreciate that. And I yeah. want to ask. Like I said, we're gonna have a little fun. So of course, you know all too well about the buzz surrounding J.R. Smith being a student athlete right there on campus, part mm-hmm. of the golf team. Had you ever thought about asking him about his eligibility for basketball? <laughs> <laughs> I wish he did have some eligibility. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He, 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 he's, came, he's came to the school and just really locked in and focused on, uh, you know, his academics and golf. And, you know, he was that has great point average any student athlete last year, man. He's done a tremendous job of, of um, you know, coming back to school and, um, you know, uh, blending in, working hard and just, you know, trying to trying to be a student athlete now instead of, you know, because he went 15 years as, a, as an NBA star. So uh, mm-hmm. I wish he did have some else, but <laughs> they'll <best> tremendously. <laughs> no, it never crossed your mind, huh? <laughs> has, he, Not really. has he ever tried to drop his two cents in in terms in terms of the, the basketball program no no mm. no um he's um he's been focused on the task at hand he's trying uh-huh. i think he's you know getting better and better with you know golf and um concentrating on um you know getting a, getting a degree from a and t i know that's right sweet sweet all right so let, let's get a little more serious now as i mentioned in your introduction you have a reputation of being a, a great recruiter. Yeah. How has the recruitment process been considering what we just what we just talked about pertaining to the university's growth as well as having a former NBA player on campus? Well, I mean, our our recruitment, as we transitioned to the Big South last year, our recruitment um was able to be taken to another level. We ended up getting Duncan Powell, 
who was an ESPN top 100, uh-huh. you know, a high school kid. And then we ended up uh, getting a um, um, few transfers that were really, really good for our program last year. And then this year we end up signing another kid who was a three-star kid. So our recruitment has elevated as, as, as the school and as we move conferences and, you know, just that, just that reputation of the school, you know, being the largest HBCU, having some of the best uh, business and engineering programs in the country and things of that nature. And, and, and the thing is, you know, how, as we, as you move up, so I can play at this level and I can get the best of both worlds, a great college experience that I can always come back home to versus just, you know, playing, playing, playing basketball. And, you know, you know, how it, it's a difference. It, it's yeah. a big difference. The culture of it is a big difference. And I think, um, I think uh, we've been able to be successful, successfully recruit guys because of that. So coach, what are some of your big recruiting bases? Like what areas do you kind of focus on? Um, of course, North Carolina, mm-hmm. you know, that's the main Baker's a bat, you know, it's basketball state, of course. great tradition. Uh, Georgia, um, um, Alabama, Tennessee, um, pinch out in Florida, Texas, and uh, Illinois. That's mm-hmm. been my uh, that's been my main recruiting basis. So, coach, you're, I mean, you're part of, I mean, you're a part of the Boost Mobile HBCU Challenge in Vegas this, this, uh, this December alongside Norfolk State and Texas Southern. Uh, talk about how that came about and how that exposure will benefit your program as well as HBCUs in general. Well, I think it's a, it'd be a great benefit to HBCUs this, this tournament with uh, us in Hampton, uh, Texas Southern and Norfolk. Um, um, two challenging games. Um, it's it's kind of like the CA right now versus the Swag and the MEAC. Uh, so I mean that 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 that's a uh, um that's big. I think that's going to be big time. But uh, you know, like Texas Southern is um the defending Swag champions, and um uh-huh. State is defending MEAC champion. You know, Rob Jones does a heck of a job each and every year up there. And um, Man, I think I think it's I think it's going to be big for us. We travel well, so a lot of people are excited and talking about coming out to Vegas and uh, supporting <laughs> us and things of that nature. So uh, it's it's been it's really exciting for us uh, to get our opportunity to go out there and play against two big time HBCU programs. They want to party in Vegas. That's why they they want to party. Yeah, in Vegas. yeah. That's yeah. why you know what they're trying to. <laughs> yeah. I get the best of both worlds, support and party a little bit. That's, right? that's true. That's true. Best of both worlds. You're not lying about that. <laughs> Don't have too much fun out there. So, so, coach, you just mentioned the CAA. That was the second conference shift. Um, how has that impacted the program for better or worse with just the changing of conferences and in ways, of course elevating your, your, your programming and just the university? Well, anytime you can continue to elevate as a, um, as, as a um, university and a, and a program, I mean, you, you can't complain about that. I mean, we, we, we was, like I say, was in the MEAC, we went to the Big South, you know, we, which we thought was, we were going to be there for a while, but ultimately, you know, with all this conference realignment around the country, we got a chance to get to the conference that, we, you know, we ultimately wanted to be in. Uh, you know the CAA, a great a great league in in all of sports. I mean, especially basketball and football. It's a big time league. So uh, you know, big time league for us. Exposure for the uh, university. So we're excited about it. We're excited about it. Uh, we was able to capitalize on um, recruiting and by getting some high caliber guys uh, that uh, could play it. You know, definitely could play at that level. So uh, it's helped us tremendously on the recruiting front. 
Coach, you talked about some, you know, some 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 great recruiting. Uh, so obviously, and it being in this tough conference, being in a conference that kind of raises the level, raises the bar um, mm-hmm. in terms of your own your your team skill or whatnot. So, what's the outlook of this um, going into the season, and um, what are some of the challenges going into the season as well? Um, I think going into the season, our biggest the biggest shift is going to be we're, when we're in the Big South. Uh-huh. The travel was local. Now you go, we start we start conference off in Boston. And then, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm so the um, the distance of travel, we play really every Thursday and Saturday. So it's got to it's, it's play a game. Boom, go fly out. Boom. You know, it's just it's just quick, quick turnarounds, quick turnarounds. But it's a long distance of travel. I think that that's going to be a, you know, a challenge, that, you know, that we're going to have to get used to because we didn't have to do that in either one of the uh, conferences. Um, the outlook of the team has been great. I mean, these guys have been together all summer. Uh, built a great chemistry uh-huh. um you know they they've been through some adversity of course you know uh and through that adversity they became a really really tight unit and family so uh you know they're holding each other accountable and and, and um out they working hard they working hard you know it was it was it was an easy transition because i built a relationship with most of those uh, i recruited majority of those guys uh-huh. so that that uh made the process uh, a little bit easier to get them to you know to buy in quickly to what um you know we were we were trying to do for this upcoming year. So in terms of like some in terms of trying to get the program and get and having a fantastic season, what's, who are some of the players you're going to be leaning on uh, for this season? Well, we got uh, two leading scorers back: Marcus uh-huh. Watson, Demetri Horton. Um, Marcus Watson um, is a kid. Um, was at Oklahoma State and New Mexico State, four-star kid uh, from Georgia. Uh-huh. Um, averaged like 12, four, six, five or six rebounds. Um, plays uh, the wing for six, six, two, thirty-five, And he's r- really athletic, really good at getting to the basket and can really knock down a, uh, you know, open shot. And then we got Demetri Horton, who, who we got from um, um, the Horizon League. He's our second leading scorer and second leading rebounder. So we got two guys coming back that um, – you know, build a nucleus for these young guys that we brought in. We brought in two guards that both of them won back-to-back national championships in junior college. Uh, Love Dettis at Coffee won a national championship as a freshman. And Cam Woods won a national championship last year at uh, Northwest Florida. So they know what it, they, they know what it, they know what it uh, takes to win. Uh-huh. They, they know what it's like. They know what they, they know what you got to do in order to uh, be successful. Uh, at, you know, at at a high level. So um, we're excited about those guys. Brought a couple of big guys. Uh, Will Felder from Arizona State, six wow. nine um, by two fifty. Um, is really from North Carolina. Um, he's been really really good for us. Um, and we got uh, Austin Johnson, who was uh, from UC Irvine, six nine two forty five, top ten in the country in block shots last year at wow. UC Irvine. Um, so we, you know, that gives us a rim protector that we didn't have last year. Um, so we have a, uh, and then we got a, some returners like Jeremy Robinson, um, you know, Kyle. Yeah, uh, yeah, we got, we got what'd you say? He's a DMV. DMV. That's what Jeremy DMV, Yeah, 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 Jeremy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Around here. Yeah, yeah. Jeremy, Jeremy's been tremendous for us. He's been a leader. He's been a leader. Um, he's, um, he's got his body right. He's playing his best basketball right now. And, um, and, and toward the end of the season, he was a key guy, man, uh, on that run that we almost beat Longwood, man, uh, uh-huh. hitting shots, 
rebounding, playing hard. So he's going to be he's going to be tremendous for us. And and of course, you know, we got Duncan Powell. You know, the guy, you know, that was really heralded last year, but he did, you know, he registered last year. So he's he's back uh, healthy and uh, he's uh, he's uh, looking really good out there. Inside, outside guy, 6'8". He really, really get a lot of stuff done. High basketball IQ, really works hard. So right. we got a core of guys that um that are high-level guys that uh, can come right in if they stick together and play together. Right. We could be really, really good. So, Coach, can I, can, I, can I just guarantee a tournament in the NCAA tournament? Can I guarantee that? Am I allowed to do that? Yeah. Or, or am I jinxing it? Or am I jinxing it? Because, you know, I know. I want to jinx it. I want to jinx it. I'm not going to say nothing. I'm not going to say nothing. One game at a time. I want to take one game at a time. You know what I'm saying? Approach it like that, man. And, and then at the end, we'll celebrate. All right. I'm, I'm with you then. One one game at a time. We'll go we'll go with that motto. One game at a time. <laughs> you, got a, you got a big season coming up. You got some high-level games. Houston. Yeah. Iowa, Iowa State. So that it's gonna be fun to watch. Jeremy Robinson, like I said, DMV is good to see recruiting out of this area. That's where we we're from, DC, Maryland, Virginia. This this rich basketball culture that we have here, you should you should definitely look into it as well. I don't know Carolina's a basketball state, but yeah. hey, well, we check got us out. Guys. You know, I got, a, I got another guy that, that that gets in that area, Washington D.C., Philly. Okay, uh, my basis, but we we got, we got someone in that um, D.C. area that's. I think gonna be there next week uh, in the area trying to trying to find some guys uh the DMV and Philly area. So yeah. yeah, that's where the basketball good basketball being played up there. So you know we gotta get up there. Hey, got to be more too. Don't 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 forget about be more. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, thanks, coach, for joining us. I love the energy. You got me thinking now. December I was supposed to be in Charlotte for a tournament, but I might I might just show up in Vegas. <laughs> be there, man. Need to be there, man. It's be a place there. to be. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, you know, support we can get. Oh, no doubt. Love it. Well, Coach, thanks for being on. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. And thanks for being on HBCU Corner. Hey, thanks for having me. All Um, right, man. Have a blessing. All right, you too. Y'all guys take care. Thank you.